Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast for two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. All right. It is episode uh, number 90. We're going to be talking about giving a little breakdown of the uh, first round of the playoffs, uh, winners and losers from that first round and uh, some uh, second round and beyond predictions. But first of all, it is the 90th episode, which means that we need a 1990 debut. Uh, Jeremy, who do you got? Okay, Jack. Uh, I'm excited to be in the 90s. I'll say that first and foremost. Um, you know, probably coming into like our both of our formative baseball years. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the observations I had uh, in looking at this list of 90s like debuts and rookies was um, there were this is like where I got into this this um, phase of like liking just random guys kind of based on their cards. I, I mean, I, I feel like I've talked about that on. Um, in the in the 80s too but there's just these like random guys from like all across the league that I that I kind of like I'm like I like this guy but only because of like like he maybe like looked cool in his baseball card and like was like a a prospect with some with some promise uh so that kind of ties into to my rookie for 1990 uh and I picked Tim Nairing I remember I remember Tim Nairing um without looking him up was he on Boston for a time he was. I think he uh, was only on Boston, yes. Okay, okay, perfect. Well, tell us about Tim Nairing. Yeah, I mean, he was a third baseman. I mean, from what I recall, it looks like he was an eighth-round pick. So maybe, I mean, he's out of Miami, though. Oh, no, Miami. <laughs> that's, that's Wow, what a funny uh, misdirect. From Miami of, of Ohio, he was from. Okay. Oh, yeah. From my, uh, yeah, he was drafted out of the University of Miami of Ohio, uh, the home of Wally Serbiak. Ah, uh, yeah. Not the home. Yeah, but Wally Serbiak. Didn't Wally Serbiak played in Miami of Ohio? Did we talk about Wally Serbiak recently? Wally we, Serbiak? Didn't we come did up we, on a previous podcast? Yeah, I mean, relatively recently, yes, we did. Anyway, back to Tim Nairing. So, yeah, Tim Nairing, um, I'm looking at his stats here, Jeremy. Uh, kind of a uh, – uh, he, he must have had a really cool-looking card because <laughs> stats are not impressive. No, I mean, he might have – he might be just like a complete all-out bust, like – um, I wish I wish there was like a quick way where you could see probably if you have a baseball America subscription, maybe, but like, I wish you could see like the top 10 prospects of, of each team for every year, like as far as back as they go, because I mean, I think that Tim Nearing was like, was like talked about as a prospect and yeah, I'm looking, I'm also looking at his numbers and they're, they're crap. There's they're, I mean, he played 126 games in 95 uh, he hit 10 homers and hit 307, which is pretty nice. And then the yeah. next year he followed it up with a pretty decent year too. But like for his first, like one, two, three, four, five years of his career, like he never really got it off the ground. And, and like, I don't know if those were injuries or what, but um, yeah, the numbers are not good. And then he had a couple kind of decent years and then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. It seems like at, 80, at after his age 30 season. Yeah, um, it says, uh, so I, I'm looking in the uh, baseball reference thing where it says show minors, um, you know, uh, okay. and it says in 1998, did not play in major or minor leagues injured. Um, so it's possible that like he had some kind of career ending uh, injury um, okay. uh, or maybe he was injured for a year and went to play overseas. But uh, yeah, as far as affiliated baseball, 
that is a very odd uh, thing. He, like you said, Jeremy, had two decent years, and then he never, he never resurfaced again anywhere, and he was only 30. So uh, that's sort of a mystery. Yeah, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe he got uh, arrested in a cocaine cartel like uh, um, <laughs> Esteban Loaiza or something. Yeah, or former Red Sox player, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Who was Han- that? Hanley? Ramirez, right? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I uh, <laughs> all right, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> my, Jeremy, my uh, my 1990 player, and I, I had commented to you before, uh, as I was looking through my guys that like 1990 was kind of a shit year for MLB debuts. Um, Kevin Brown debuted that year, but like really, uh, really like there were not a lot of good MLB debuts in 1990. But the guy I'm going to pick, Jeremy, is Mark Witten. Jeremy, okay. do you remember what Mark Witten's nickname was? Yeah, hard hitting Mark Witten, right? Beautiful. Yep, hard hitting Mark Witten, which is odd because he was not particularly hard hitting. Um, his uh, career batting average was two fifty nine. Um, played in under a thousand career games. Played in nine hundred thirty nine games from nineteen ninety to two thousand. Um, his best year was nineteen ninety three for St. Louis. Uh, he had 25 home runs and 99 RBIs that year, so um, more hard-hitting than most, although he only batted 253 that year. Um, yeah, it, he, was just a, he was just kind of an average player with a, with a pretty cool nickname. And what is his claim to fame? Didn't he hit like four homers in one game or something? Um, yeah, he, uh, he might've, there, there, there was some, some anomaly with him. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, yeah. You go ahead and look at, oh, he had a 12 RBI game. It looks like. Okay. Um, yeah. And it does, it does homers. like, uh, he hit four home runs in a game in 1993. Yeah. Four home runs and 12 RBIs in a game. Yeah. So for, uh, I guess, I guess that one day he earned, um, he earned that nickname. Uh, but yeah, that, that was just one of those guys where like, I knew him because he had a cool nickname. Uh, he never made an all-star team. He was sixth for Rookie of the Year voting in 1991. But uh, he has uh, one of the greatest nicknames, um, Jeremy, I think, in probably in the history of baseball, or at least the recent history. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it would be funny if that was like an uh, ironic nickname and like he, he was just known for like squibbing the ball or something. Um, I, I'll say that he's probably, you talk about winners and losers, like he's a loser of uh, for playing outside of the um, Statcast era, because maybe like maybe he did have like really great exit velocities, um, <laughs> or maybe or, maybe the yeah the, the maybe the exit velocities would belie uh, the fact that he he was he was called hard hitting. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, I was going to say maybe it's a good thing he didn't play in the Statcast era. He uh, he would have lost that nickname fast if he uh, if he didn't hit the ball hard. But yeah. uh, Mark Witten, um, uh, just a quick rundown of the teams he played for. Wow, he was a journeyman. Toronto, Cleveland, St. Louis, Boston, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Seattle, uh, Yankees, uh, and then the Indians again. So yeah, he moved around. But Mark Witten, uh, my choice for 1990 uh, player uh, that debuted. When you think of Mark Witten, what team do you think of him on like, I had like, thought of him on the Indians to be honest with you okay yeah see that's interesting I I was I was gonna say the Blue Jays or the uh, Cardinals and yeah I mean not that he you know didn't play long for them compared to other teams because he really like every team he was on it was either one two or like five years with the Indians was the most um but uh, and that was in two different stints uh but uh but yeah I, it's hard to like he hit those um four homers as a Cardinal and uh I, I 
wouldn't have even been able to to identify that he was on the Indians, but um, but yeah, just a baseball <laughs> blind spot, I guess. Yeah, J- Jeremy. No, I was going to say, how many times did it happen on this podcast where uh, where you'll name a guy and I'll be like, oh, is he from? Yeah, he he was the guy who was on the Pirates, and you're like, yeah, I think he played one year on the Pirates. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, for sure. Interesting. It's interesting with baseball guys. You know, who you what team you associated associate him with? You know, it's sort of like our version of the Hall of Fame. You know, guys like guys get to pick what hat they wear in the hall of fame. Like, you know, we get, we get to pick what, uh, what team we associate the guy with, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting baseball phenomenon. Um, so Jeremy, uh, I, I did want to bring this up. Uh, uh, Bob Gibson, uh, passed mm-hmm. away, uh, yesterday, I believe it was, or it may have been early, early today. Um, uh, I believe it was on the 52nd anniversary of the day he, uh, pitched a, uh, shutout in game one. I think it was with the 1968 world series. Mm-hmm. Uh, game where he may also have have homered. Uh, they were, um, I think, they were replaying that game today on MLB Network, um, if I'm not mistaken. But I did want to, I did want to do a quick, um, uh, just kind of a quick tribute to Bob Gibson, who is one of the great uh, all time all time pitchers. Um, you know, Jeremy, even though he was on the Cardinals, I'm sure you, I'm sure you can give him a little bit of credit. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, although I was also going to mention that I, I heard he was also like a pretty irascible guy uh to use a, a nice a nice a polite term i guess but he, he was he was um one of my uh one of the best bob gibson stories that i read was that uh so th- i think the last home run he ever gave up in in a the last game he pitched he gave up a grand slam to a player named pete lecoq um uh on the uh on the cubs uh and uh lecoq you know it's not it's not like a french spelling it's actually spelled l-a-c-o-c-k so it mm-hmm. is funny it's okay to laugh at it. Um, but he, uh, uh, so years later, uh, he was pitching in an old timers game and Pete Lecoq came to the plate and uh, Bob Gibson threw at him. Uh, and then he, he screamed, uh, I've been waiting years to do that. Um, basically, because he, he could never, he never got the chance to throw at Pete Lecoq because, you know, the Grand Slam had happened in his last game. And then they said, uh, they said a couple years later, Bob Gibson was pitching in another old timers game and he threw at some guy. And the reason he threw at that guy was because the guy had homered off of him in a previous old timers game. So he basically <laughs> gets stories where he was throwing at guys uh, in old timers games, which is pretty, which is pretty awesome. I think. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's weird too, Jeremy is uh, I was watching this old documentary as it was on the Atlanta Braves in the, uh, it was like filmed in the early eighties. Uh, there's actually a great, there's a great clip from that where Joe Torre goes off on uh, some umpires. I think we've watched it together. Uh, but anyway, Bob Gibson is interviewed in that documentary because he was the pitching coach at the time under Torre. And um, he, he sounds, he talks like a, he sounds like kind of a nerd. To be oh, honest. yeah. You mentioned that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, it's very weird because it's like this, this really feared, uh, as you put it, irascible guy who Pete Rose said was the toughest pitcher he ever faced. Like he, uh, you know, like uh, off the mound, he just like sounds like kind of this nerd when he's talking about pitching, um, which is which is strange. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, it was a tough. I, so he, yeah, he did pass away yesterday, and like it was a tough day for the Cardinals to to get eliminated and to lose Bob Gibson, and then they lost uh, Lou Brock earlier this season. So I mean, uh, I've, I think definitely the last episode, I I, I think I literally a literal quote for me was I hate the cardinals normally but especially the 2020 cardinals um um, so but yeah that it's been a it's been a bad year for cardinal nation i guess um but uh 
there haven't been probably too many of those bad years. Uh, so I guess no, no, there haven't, well. Jeremy. And I, I was going to say, uh, and I think it was a couple episodes ago, but uh, you said you would um, you would rather eat rat poison than uh, bubble up with Yadier Molina. So uh, <laughs> I mean, for you to say anything positive about any cardinal is a it, that it's a big step for you. For sure. And if you'll, if you'll notice, I didn't say, I actually didn't say anything positive this time either. I just, no, you didn't, you didn't. Uh, I, I tried to get you to, um, out of respect, but, uh, but no, so that's fine. Out of respect for the dead. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but, uh, no, we must be moving on actually. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah, Jeremy. So we can, uh, if you want to get to, we can get to our playoff winners and, uh, losers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think Jack, I was, I'll just jump in here really quick. Like, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of didn't release an episode earlier this week. It's just been a busy week. Um, and, uh, so we kind of just decided like, well, we'll, we'll check in. We didn't get a chance to kind of like go over the bracket, um, you know, before the playoffs started, but I mean, hell it was a three game best of three series and most of them ended after two games. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I guess just kind of, never really got a chance to kind of talk about the, those first round matchups, but uh, that's one under, under the bridge now. And um, I, the only thing I could say is like, uh, yeah, there's uh, definitely, I guess, eight teams out there who, who would probably agree that having the playoffs um, start with a best of three series kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Jeremy, I, I think that, um, you know, in sort of, would have been uh, a little superfluous to to do an episode before um you know that first round just because it was just a three game series so you know pretty much no matter what i mean you would have thought like cleveland with uh you know their great their great starting pitching staff would have you know that you know you think they'd still be alive uh the white Sox and cubs have been eliminated um i, I just i you know i think that with a single game elimination like you know, baseball isn't meant to be uh, for the playoffs to be like just a, a one game series or a three game series. I mean, the team that wins that first game is uh, is sitting in the catbird seat, you know? Um, yeah. So I, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, uh, of, of this first round of games. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I guess it's an interesting, an interesting thing, but I, I really do hope that uh, for next year, they, uh, they don't do this. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it's, it changes the whole mentality. You lose that first game, and it's like you're already, like, you're already, you are already facing elimination. And, like, it, yeah, I mean, I think, like, for the Cubs specifically, like, I think it, like, um, you know, just kind of, like, it was, it, it just kind of disheartened them all. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they, it's not like they hit any worse than they had been uh, at times this season, but, um, uh yeah it's just it's like you lose one game and then like you're facing elimination and it's like I feel like for some teams it was hard to get up for that second game I think there was like a lot of kind of like non-competitive uh game twos in those sweeps so um, yeah yeah. and what I'll say too Jeremy is that um uh you know you got the uh the 43 and 17 Dodgers playing an under 500 Brewers team. Yeah. And I mean, in baseball, you know, on any given day, anybody can beat anybody, you know, some, some pitcher can get hot. Uh, the offense can explode. So like, you know, Hey, like I'm a Brewers fan. I wanted to see the Brewers advance, but like that would have been a fucking travesty for baseball. If an under 500 team had knocked off the Dodgers, I think, you know, I think the Dodgers certainly would have been pissed and, 
you know, and rightfully so. Like there was no reason that this that this Dodgers team should have had to face that Brewers team in a three game like elimination series. Um, they should have figured out some way to give like those those division winners or whatever a buy. Um, there, there was no reason that like the Dodgers should have had to risk being knocked off by the Brewers. They weren't, but, um, you know, that, that was kind of another thing that I thought was a little, a little cheap. Those teams that won the division or had the best records maybe should have had a little bit of an advantage in this expanded playoff system. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that it's, it's, it was tough to figure this out and kind of put together this whole season. And, and at the end of the day, I'm glad that there was just baseball. Right. Um, I will say that uh, last night I was I was I sunk into a deep depression because uh, Cubs baseball is over and like it's just a matter of time before regular like the you know the World Series and the playoffs are over um, and then it's just gonna be a long fucking dark winter um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to not dwell on it too much and I don't want to bum everyone out there or yourself Jack out but uh, yeah you know the, this this winter this quarantine winter is coming and baseball is coming to an end which is which sucks uh, so I'm trying to and just I'm gonna just try to enjoy these uh, these next couple rounds and and, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Nick Foles can lead the bears to the promised land or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it, it was dark and like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. I think like, and, and like, you knew that like you, we knew like when they announced this, this playoff format that like it was going to be three, get best of three and that it was going to be, you know, there's no surprises. Like it, it was as tough as we, you would have, you could have imagined back in, uh, you know, in July when they came up with this. And like, of course, you know, it affects like both of our teams, Jack uh, and the White Sox and uh, all of them coming out on the short end of the stick. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't know, but uh, let's just pretend that <laughs> none of that painful, that pain of the first round happened and we're starting the playoffs now. And that's, that, that's how I'm looking at it, Jack, because now we can just kind of talk about the, the LDS, the LCS and the world series. Sure. Um, also, Jeremy, I do have to wonder, like, are, are a lot of the players who lost, like, are they really that sad to be going home? You know, like, uh, I mean, maybe they just want to go back home to their families now and, you know, just just kind of relax and and forget this happened, too. So, like, in a way, you know, maybe it's maybe it's good for some of those guys just to be able to go home. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's on a case by case basis. I, I think for the Cubs specifically, again, like with the Cubs insight, like, I don't know what this means for the Cubs next year. We could talk about more, more of that, like, you know, and, and we'll have plenty of episodes to, to come up with material for in the off season. So we could talk about that then, but uh, you know, I, the, the 2021 Cubs might look a lot different than the 2020 Cubs. So uh, uh, we, we shall see, but um, let's, uh, let's talk about some winners and losers of uh of the playoffs, Jack, shall we? Yeah, that sounds good. Well, uh, Jeremy, uh, one winner uh, I wanted to talk about, the first winner, um, is Clayton Kershaw. Um, uh, he, uh, he pitched game two for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, he pitched a phenomenal game. Um, mm-hmm. I think, what did he strike out? Maybe 13 guys? I can't I, remember. But it was yeah, one of the so. highest strikeout totals ever for a Dodgers pitcher uh, in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, he pitched. He was terrific. Uh, against the Brewers, he looked he looked dominant, um, and he's as they were saying on the broadcast, plenty. He's in midseason form, uh, you know. Typically, and that, I think that's going to be really interesting, Jeremy. I mean, uh, you know, we thought offense was going to be way up, but you know, now that we're in the playoffs, all the all these pitchers, especially the starting pitchers, the elite starting pitchers, they don't have 200 plus innings on their arm. They don't have, you know, they haven't started 32 times this year. So you got you got these starting pitchers who are in mid-season form, most of whom have only pitched 60, 70 innings, maybe at most. 
so I think that's going to make things really interesting and, and a little bit different. And I think that Kershaw in particular uh, has, a, has a really good chance to kind of put to bed this, uh, you know, the constant um, you know, knock on him, which is that he's not a good postseason pitcher. Like this is really going to be his chance to, uh, to shine in this postseason, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point, Jack. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, by this time, normally Clayton Kershaw is like half dead, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so he might he might uh, you know I guess shake those those um, you know <clears throat> moniker that moniker of of being like a choker in the playoffs. I I fucking hate that 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 um, you know whatever distinction for him for the playoffs. I mean, like if you look back at most of those 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 situations where he quote unquote choked. Um, it's like, you know, the Dodgers had either rode him into the ground, like in 2016, or like, um, I think like they, you know, he gave up a homer, like coming in, in relief when he's not a fucking relief pitcher because of Dave, uh, Roberts, like putting him in there. And it's like, the guy is like the best pitcher of the era. I would say, if not, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, slightly behind Max Scherzer or something, but like. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm so annoyed by that. 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 Uh, like distinction of him as being like a playoff choker. It's like, you know, you can't choke in the playoffs if you don't carry your fucking team to the playoffs <laughs> to begin with. So, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, that. That's. I think that's a fair point. Um, and uh, not no shade to your Brewers, but maybe you know you could say like, well, he did do that against the Brewers, but um, but you know, I I I think Clayton Kershaw is a very good pitcher and um. Yeah, I that would be the only like plus to the Dodgers winning the World Series. I think is for Clayton Kershaw to get a ring. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I think they said it was his tenth postseason that he's pitched in. Wow. So, um, so you know, the it's got to happen. Got to happen eventually. Um, yeah, we can talk about we can talk about that diarrhea lineup for the Brewers in a second. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jeremy, who do you got as a winner? Um, I actually, I want to do a loser first. Oh, sure, go ahead. I think we can just kind of bounce around if that, if that works. Yeah. Um, this one is like, you know, this one isn't, so I, I have some kind of like some, some kind of out there ones a little bit, uh, but the lo- my first loser is the central division. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I hope, hopefully I'm not stealing from you, Jack, but no, like, you're not, I was actually going to put, I actually had written down central division teams, but then I, I deleted it for some reason. So okay. uh, I, we're on the same wavelength for that one. Yeah, I mean, like, so I think if my count is correct, there were seven Central Division teams to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they all lost in the first round. Yeah, I think that says a lot, Jeremy. Um, uh, I have one hypothesis for that one. Uh, yeah. Hypothesis. Um, uh, is that, uh, so, so you got these teams, like the Brewers or the White Sox. And so, so the, you know, they're not playing, they're not playing every team. They're just playing each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're getting a lot of games against the Tigers. Royals, uh, the the Pirates, um, you know, just these these crappy teams. Even the Brewers were not really a very good team this year. So, um, you know, they just they they didn't get a lot of exposure to the you know some of the best teams. You know, like the, the Dodgers or the the Padres or yeah. you know, Braves. All these you know all these really good teams. So I think that was one of the reasons, especially for like the White Sox uh, or the Brewers, like just kind of getting big boyed by a by a much better team. Um, so yeah, I think that could have been one of the reasons. Yeah, no, I know. I'm trying, I was trying to think of that, like intellectually, like what, what that all means. And it's like, again, like, I think I said it, I think I said it in, um, on the podcast, maybe I was saying it to just, uh, to some friends, but it's like, you know, you worry about like who the Cubs have been tested with 
um this year and like you know because you know maybe they, they're like uh uh a straw what's what's is it straw dog or is it paper tiger i get those confused yeah pa- paper tiger that's the one you're looking for yeah 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 and so like um so uh but but then like you know like they played six other playoff teams this year and um you know had a i think they had a pretty decent record against uh, i don't know if I'd, I'd have to consult the books but um you know uh they played seven playoff teams or six playoff teams um so they were they were theoretically tested um but uh but yeah it's like i don't know i i could say at least for the west like you know the the dodgers and the padres were so good that i feel like they kind of like they dominated the rest of the division so well so as to keep them out of the playoffs, you know? So maybe it's just like the central, like kind of like the, the good teams, like, you know, kind of played 500 just enough. And then they, yeah, beat up on the shitty teams, I guess. So, so that many of them made the playoffs, but, um, but yeah, it just, it it was kind of, it was was just kind of just, it was just, uh, it just kind of collapsed on itself immediately upon testing. Um, I will say this is one, this is one weird like element of the playoffs that I did kind of like was that like, and, and it, I mean, it's, it's cool from a fan standpoint, but from like, um, from like, or like from a general standpoint, but from like a, like for the Cubs again, as an example, it's like, I was worried that they were going to play like the Marlins and, and they didn't know the Marlins. Um, and I think, you know, you could say that, that, that might've hurt them a little bit. Um, but like, it was kind of cool thinking like, oh yeah, like the Cubs are doing their thing playing against like the central division. But like, we know that like the, the Dodgers and the Padres are good and they're out there lurking and like, you might have to cross paths with them at some point if you want to make the world series. Um, and you know, you say, you know, same thing for the, for, for the East. It's like, um, it's it's kind of like goes back to those old days of like the making of the appeal of the world series where like you didn't see a matchup uh between nl and, and al in, in the regular season and uh you had to wait till the actual world series to do it it's like you have to wait till the playoffs to see the cubs play the marlins which seems weird but like there was a little bit more um you know cachet about it like uh um for considering that they didn't play each other during the regular season yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, I, I I know what you mean. I mean, last last season, uh, you and I we couldn't we couldn't attend a baseball game without seeing the Marlins, uh, <laughs> and now we, uh, you know, and now here we are. You know, you know what it kind of reminds me of um, is uh, uh, sort of the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. Y- y- you know, you you get a, a a whole conference, right? Like the Big Ten conference or the Big East conference, and and you really get to see in the NCAA tournament like what the like uh, how strong each conference was based on how well those teams do in the tournament. Um, and, you know, you're talking single elimination, so it's a crapshoot. Anybody can win on any night. But generally, that's a big discussion point of the NCAA tournament is like, oh, you know, the, the Big Ten, like they lost, all of their teams lost in the first round. That shows you that that conference wasn't truly that strong. Um, or, yeah, the Big East, you know, they had three teams advance to the Sweet 16. Like I told you, I told you that was a good conference. Um, and, that you know, that's kind of what happened uh, here, like we got, we got to kind of see that play out on an MLB type of scale, you know, seven, seven central division teams, all of them got knocked off, you know, Hey, maybe those, uh, you know, maybe those divisions weren't actually as strong as everybody, as everybody thought they were. Um, so that was, that was kind of something that had crossed my mind, but yeah, also that appeal, Jeremy of, uh, of, you know, uh, these teams haven't seen each other, um, you know, as baseball fans, I think it's kind of hard for us to, to, 
relate to that. Uh, of course, you know, interleague played it came in in the late nineties. So, you know, the, the two leagues were still pretty separated for a while at, you know, during our formative baseball years, but, uh, but, you know, it, it's gotten harder and harder to imagine over the years, like, uh, you know, uh, the true separation of the American and national league. So, uh, so yeah, we're getting to see that play out this year, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, Jack, real quick before we leave the uh, Central Division, um, you know, I talked last last episode about Cole Wright and his like, uh, just kind of lame, um, uh, like you know, alternate names for things. Jack, have you ever heard the Brewers? How many times have you heard the Brewers called the Beer Makers? Um, never. <laughs> yeah, that's good uh, because that's one of the that's one of those. I was trying to identify some more Cole Wright isms, and like that was one of them. He's like, "Oh, see how the Cubs match up against the beer makers this week." Oh, and God, and it's like, "What do you beer? Like, why do you keep saying that? Like, why yeah. would you say that more than once?" I, you know, I, Jeremy, I've been watching Brewers games, you know, for as long as I can remember, listening to Brewers, you know broadcasts on the radio on tv red brewers message boards um Facebook <laughs> posts never once jeremy have i heard the brewers called the beer makers it's not a thing yeah exactly and it's like yeah he's he's so then, then so then he's guilty of just trying like so hard to make it a thing and it's like man come on man let's just let's just move on let's just try some other angle here um does cole Wright? Does he does he broadcast from the Marquee Network studios that are like just north of Wrigley Field? Is that where they broadcast from? Yeah, yeah. That you know, I was wondering where this the literal studios were. Um, but yeah, he's in the studio and like yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, Jack. Is it like is it in that building, that new building that they built, like on I the mean, property? I kind of think it is because like so I I thought that um, so like I was on a twenty two bus heading south. Um, like, you know, during or like right after the Cubs game. And I, I thought like a, a guy that looked like Cole Wright and like a real sharp looking suit, like came out of the building, maybe just to step out and get some fresh air or have a cigarette or something. Okay. And like I stopped the bus to like get off because I wanted to like see if that was him. <laughs> um, and so like, but like the bus went like a, two blocks north, like it didn't, oh, no. didn't stop right away, whatever it stopped at like Addison, which is okay. two blocks south of where that marquee building is. And I was yeah. like, ah, damn. So like, I was like, ah, at this point, it's not even worth walking back there. Like, I'll, you know, it's going to take me 10 minutes to, to get back there. I'll never see him. But like, I thought I saw Cole Wright walk <laughs> out of that, uh, walk out of that building. So I, you know, I was going to, I was going to tell him what you, what you said about him, Jeremy. <laughs> Very nice. I'm glad we both have had our, our independent Cole Wright sightings uh, this year. <laughs> uh, I look forward to more years of that happening and, and us yeah. actually running into him and then kissing his ass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jeremy, I, uh, uh, before we move on here too, uh, you, you said, uh, you know, during the whole paper tiger thing, you said straw dog. Do you, yes. have, you, have you ever seen the movie straw dogs, Jeremy? I have not, but that's one of those movies that I have. I own, I actually own it, but I've never seen, I haven't watched it. I, I like have a gist of, you know, what, what happens. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm like waiting until I can handle it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an intense movie for, for our listeners who don't know, aren't familiar with Straw Dogs. Like Dustin Hoffman moves into like the, I don't know, the Irish countryside, the English countryside with his, with his wife, um, who is from said English countryside. Um, and, uh, you know, she was like the town beauty, became a movie star, whatever. Um, and so they, they moved back here for some peace and quiet. And so then all of the, uh, all of the, all of the men, from this like quiet English town kind of start harassing Dustin Hoffman because he's married to this woman that they knew, uh, you know, and grew up there. 
And then uh, it all sort of builds to a climax where eventually they decide that like they want to kill Dustin Hoffman and like kidnap the wife. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 uh let's pause with any further spoiler alerts. If oh you man, that's right. You haven't seen it. Uh, so I, I was gonna do a Dustin Hoffman impression of, uh, but but I guess the impression <laughs> itself is kind of a spoiler. Can I go for it anyway? Because I'm without spoiling anything from the movie. <laughs> I'll take my headphones off and uh, you, uh, you I'll, I'll come back in in how many seconds do you need? 10 seconds? Uh, I, I, I'm just going to say it, Jeremy. I'm just going to say it. It's, 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 it's like a three, it's a three line word. So here, here, or it's a three line sentence. So he's, Dustin Hoffman goes, oh, oh, I got them all. Uh, there, there you go, Jeremy. That's my Dustin Hoffman impression. Um, yeah, nice. so there, there you go. That's my, that's my Dustin Hoffman. Uh, okay, so, uh, Dustin Hoffman's been canceled, by the way. Uh, yes. Okay, so um, too. So do we? Uh, do we have? What do I got to do? A, a loser, maybe? Yeah, either either one, either one. I think we could be sure. Here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna the Jeremy. I think one of the biggest losers of the last couple of weeks has been Rick Renteria. Okay. Yeah, I mean the guy. You know, the White Sox lost like seven out of eight games or something to end the season. <laughs> uh, eight out of ten. I don't know. Whatever. So they, they, they collapsed to end the season. Um, Ricky got thrown out of like three out of the last five games. And then, you know, then they go and they go and lose this series against the A's. Uh, Jeremy, I've said that if like, you know, Renteria probably didn't make the World Series, but at least the championship series that he was going to, uh, you know, that they were going to get rid of him. I think there's a good chance that that happens now. Yeah, Jack. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you said that. This actually co- coincides with one of my winners, uh, which is Ozzy Guillen. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, of the of the first round of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts here. Number one, just as a real quick detour. Um, I don't know if people were watching. I think it might have been game one or two uh, from ESPN. They, you know, Ricky Renteria. They interviewed Ricky Ricky Renteria um, in the dugout during the game had the headset on he's he's like you know looking into the camera and um you know someone asked him a question and he's like oh yeah real good doing good or something like i think he had the mask on when they were interviewing him and then they like i think like jessica mendoza asked him kind of like a long question and he you could see him like kind of like shaking his head and kind of throwing his hands in the air and like he's just like and she's like she asked him like a really long wordy question and he's like uh yeah i i can't hear you like i'm sorry i can't (laughs) He's like the mic. The, your question went out while you were like cut out while you were asking me. And they're like, and um, I forgot who was with her. Like, was it? Uh, it was Dave Fleming. And he goes like, "Thanks a lot, Ricky. We'll let you get back to the game." And he's like, uh, "Okay." Like he's he looked just like frustrated. And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is like they're like this is su- such a Ricky Renteria moment." Like <laughs> they're like trying to interview him. He's like, "I I can't I can't hear you. I'm sorry." And it's like, "All right, man. You can't even get the headset right. Like, get out of here, man." um yeah i mean he uh uh there there was some criticism of you know people said i know lucas giolito had the the perfect game going but like people were saying maybe they left him in a little bit too long um you know garrett uh garrett crochet uh ended up getting uh getting injured i think uh renteria had to sort of say oh we you know we intended to pitch him two innings uh but we couldn't um yeah so I, i just think that this you know this white Sox team people had high expectations for it because they started off so hot. Um, and maybe that was a bad thing for them because, uh, you know, maybe they just ultimately weren't good enough to be able to sustain that. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't know if he's going to survive this, Jeremy. 
No, and like you know, I you know, and I don't think I don't think we got it. I don't I don't think we got all the way into it last time we brought it up, but we talked about like I think we talked about like a tweet from uh, Steve Stone um, about Ricky Renteria, where he said they someone asked him like what he thought of Ricky Rent if, if he thinks he's the right guy for the team, and Steve Stone said like I have no answer, which in and of itself is an answer, and you know, so he doesn't like I mean Steve Stone is just the announcer, but he doesn't have the it's pretty clear that it's a pretty damning sentiment there from Steve Stone. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, it's like this team, if this team is ready to go, um, you might have to now like kind of, you know, get the right manager for the job. And um, yeah, like, you know, I think like they, he seemed like he was like kind of spinning his wheels on, on uh, in game three, like having to kind of, uh compensate for the Garrett Crochet injury and um yeah he just he just might not be the like the baseball mastermind that the the White Sox that like a World Series champion might need at, at manager um you know so uh it's too bad Joe Madden isn't available because maybe the white you know Ricky could get get replaced again by Joe Madden <laughs> I will say like like the running just the running theme of his career is like I mean he hasn't been fired yet I guess but it's like you know it's like Ricky Renteria is a guy who you man- get to manage, you know, the bad years. And then as soon as the team is ready to break through, you, you fire him and, and get a, a, like a capable manager in there. I'm almost starting to feel bad for Ricky Renteria as like, I talk about it more, but he's just, he just seems like a, uh, you know, a, a, a clueless dope, like a clueless simpleton or something, but. Uh, no, for um, sure, Jeremy. And I mean, you know, with, the, with those types of guys though, too, uh, you know, you can't feel too bad for him because it's like those guys are those guys are baseball lifers. So like, you know, Ricky Renteria, like if he if he does get let go by the White Sox, he'll he'll emerge as a, a bench coach or some kind of coach for some other team. Like these guys, you know, these guys never go away, you know. No, for sure. I actually was like, <laughs> would the White Sox fire him or like would they demote him to bench coach and like he wouldn't quit, you know? Like he's like, <laughs> well, okay, I'm not the manager anymore. I'll just be the bench coach then and I'll just sit here. And like, you know, I'll get the, I'll, I'll get the second best parking spot or whatever, you know, I'll, <laughs> Ozzy can have my parking spot, but uh, yeah, I'll stick around. No problem. You know, like, <laughs> that would just be sad. That would be even sadder than just getting fired outright, but I could almost see it happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, Jack, uh, I, and we can continue this conversation if, if you want to, but I'll just, I'll just kind of pair that with my winner, which which one of my winners is, is Ozzie Guillen for, for those reasons that we just talked about, because I mean, I say like, we've been, we've been talking about it, but here we go. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's begin the, the Ozzie uh, return and um, the like White Sox uh, championship, uh, you know, uh, push because I just, it, it just makes perfect sense. Like just bring Ozzie back. Like that's a completely Jerry Reinsdorf move to do is bring Ozzie back um, and, you know, have him, have him inherit this really good team and, and win them a championship. Um, you know, I, I definitely would, you know, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't hate having like have, being able to get all the sound bites from Ozzie Guillen. Um, the one like loser of that scenario specifically would be uh, brewing with Ricky for sure. Um, because we will have seen our last episode of brewing with Ricky, but then again, you know, like <laughs> even that show became brewing with Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's already been replaced by Ozzie Guillen in that sense. So might as well just make it official and have him actually manage the team now. So it just makes too much sense. I have a friend who's a White Sox fan, and he, for some reason he doesn't want uh, Ozzie Guillen to manage this team, and I just don't understand why. It's like White Sox fans can't help themselves but be homers and, and be loyal to, like, people who should be put out of their misery or, or, or like, cut ties with. Um, they, they just can't help themselves. So why not bring back Ozzy? I think it makes perfect sense. And I don't think he would be the worst guy for the job either. So like, why not just do it? Like just let everyone wants it. Just do it. Yeah. I, I, Jeremy, I mean, to your point of him not being the worst guy for the job, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that he's the right guy at the right time for this team. Uh, yeah. First of all. Um, uh, second of all, though, like, you know, I, I think maybe like your friend might just be too close to the situation in a sense that like, you know, Maybe maybe some White Sox fans can't cannot admit to themselves that the White Sox are uh, are often want to make White Sox moves, you yeah. know, um, like you know, and and that's that that is the main reason that I think Ozzie Guillen uh, would come back. If it was any other franchise we were talking about, like there's no way they would hire a manager that they that they'd already already had, you know, um, the guy would be like a retread. But with with the White Sox. They're all about that. You know, Jerry Reinsdorf hires from within. So if it's not, if it's not Ozzy, it'll be somebody like Paul Canerco or AJ <laughs> Pierzynski or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be somebody absurd. And, you know, if it's not Ozzy, it's going to be a hire that probably doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would love to see Ozzy back, Jeremy. Um, you know, like you said, I'm, there, there'll be no end to the opportunities for sound bites. And, you know, you got to wonder too, like, did they, you know, they were doing all of the other pomp and circumstance at these baseball games this year. Uh, I wonder if they had some brewing with Ricky segments, like up on the, up on the jumbotron, some new ones that nobody got to see. Um, And, you know, Jeremy, we were, it seems, it seems like we were the only two who actually paid attention to those in the whole stadium. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's not like a lot of people were missing out. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that that would be funny if they were still producing original content. Um, uh, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you know, who who knows, man. I think um yeah, it that would be funny though if it it was like um you know, maybe uh, Roger Bossert, the sad father, uh could be could be the next White Sox manager. That that also could be, uh could be a good uh White Sox kind of thing to do. Um so that's yeah, that's one a winner I have. So who who do you got next? What do you got next, Jack? Well, Jeremy, um one winner that I was going to pick was uh Will Myers. Okay. I was gonna pick Will Myers as a winner. He hit two uh, two home runs in the uh, uh, the deciding game of uh, of the Padres series in the first round. Um, for one thing that was weird was uh, uh, this is before we get to Will Myers. I don't know if you were watching that last Padres game, Jeremy, but it was during a pitching change, and like they played the Godfather music, like the, the music <laughs> of the Godfather. You know, they yeah. played. The, like I don't know if it was Will Myers' walk up music or if that was just what they were playing because there was a pitching change and a guy was coming in. I don't know. Did you hear that when that happened? <laughs> I did not hear that, no. Very bizarre. It left, left me wondering what the hell was going on. I had no idea. I don't know why Will Myers would walk up to the Godfather music. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah he had two home runs uh, in that game. Um, you know, good for Will Myers for hitting two home runs in a playoff game. The guy's just kind of been an afterthought. Like, once all these young players for the Padres started coming up, once Fernando Tatis come up, uh, came up and all these pitchers, like Will Myers was kind of just a forgotten guy on their team. Um, so for him to hit two playoff home runs is pretty cool. Uh, it's weird, Jeremy. So Tatis and Myers 
both hit two home runs in that game, and they they uh, they they put an unbelievable statistic up on the television. They said that they were the first teammates to hit two home runs uh, in the same game in a postseason game since Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth in 1932. Can you believe oh, that? Yeah, I did. I heard that stat. That is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, some of those stats like like that are so simple and you know haven't happened in so long, and you you kind of can't uh, believe that that it's been so long. Uh, but that is that is a crazy stat for sure. It is. Um, yeah, you would think you would think that that that's not that crazy of a thing to happen, you know, no. like uh, just like, you know, you, it happens all the time in the regular season. Um, so you'd, you'd figure at some point like a team would just bust out and, and do it. But yeah, I guess it hadn't happened in a long time. So, yeah, definitely a win for Will Myers to now be able to be mentioned in the same sentence as Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> yeah, maybe Tatis, but certainly not Will Myers. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Will Myers. Um, that's interesting. Um, he, I mean, maybe he's the godfather because he's like the longest tenured Padre on that team. Maybe I, I have no idea. Um, I know back in the back a couple of years ago, the Indians had the uh, like the bullpen mafia with like a bunch of like Italian relief pitchers. But um, okay, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think any of them are on the Padres now or carry that over like Vinny Pestano is one of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't, I have no idea. Um, yeah. The, the Godfather seems like such a non San Diego thing. You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it does. So that was, uh, that was very confusing to me. So Jeremy, uh, when, when, as we're watching, Oh, actually, no, there'll be no more games in San Diego now. Right. Cause the, the are the division in the championship series moving to a bubble. Is it, well, isn't the, yeah, but aren't the American League playing in San Diego? Oh, yeah, maybe they are. So, yeah, okay, so. Um, it, won't be, yeah. it won't be a Padres home game, but there will be games, there will be literal games in San Diego, I believe. So we'll have to listen um, <laughs> and see if that sound guy plays the Godfather music again. <laughs> yeah, it, may, it might just be a rogue uh, DJ, like, for the stadium who's just playing, like, you know, uh, that, <laughs> do you remember that, that, that infomercial called Mob Hits? It was like a CD with like, you know, like Italian songs and mostly probably songs that were in like, you know, mafia movies or whatever. It was I, I, called don't, Mob I Hits. don't remember that. Is this, was this one of those uh, like music, uh, like CD infomercials that would play yes. like from songs? Those were the best. You don't see those anymore. Yeah, exactly. It was like a Time Life series, Mob Hits. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> this guy just has Mob, Mob Hit, the Mob Hits CD. <laughs> <laughs> is just playing those um but uh but yeah uh one last thing about will myers um uh possibly a famous uh another famous uh baseball bald guy um i just i referenced that uh there's like there were these photos when dustin hoffman got canceled these photos leaked of him like of a bald dustin hoffman so i guess he's been wearing like a, a piece all these years but will myers at some point i think got like hair plugs or something and he has this weird hair now where it looks like a it looks like a like a kind of like a, like a bird's nest on his head, but um, it's really weird. And like, he takes his helmet off and like his hair is like standing straight up. It's, it's, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm very in tune to like baseball players, hair and uh, Will Myers, you know, Google it sometimes. Like he has some, like he had like a receding hairline at some point and, and now he has this like weird, like bird's nest on his head. It's, 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 it's odd. Yeah, no, I, you know, I did uh well, I saw his hair, um, uh, you know, in that game, because he took his helmet off after he hit the homer. And yeah, he's got some like, uh, he's got some locks now. Um, yeah. I mean, his hair may have looked a little weirder because like he just he just had a betting helmet on. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely rocking, uh, rocking some some stylish hair. 
Um, and I, I think that uh, I think that Dustin Hoffman was bald in that picture uh, because I think he was playing Willie Loman at the time. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was you know he was bald and uh, you know I, we don't need to elaborate what he was doing in that picture because it was uh, right. you know it was not uh, it was not good. I mean, you can you folks you can find that picture online. <laughs> yeah, uh, I refuse to post that one on raindelaytheater.com slash notes. I will not do that. You will, you will not. Okay. I, I thought you, would, <laughs> you were going to, I would have, nope. it was funny. Okay. Not sure I can do it. Why not? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, oh, it's your turn, Jeremy. I think, I think we need one from you. Yeah. So I'll do, um, I'll do a loser this time, I guess. Um, I'll do, um, I'll do this one. JT real Muto is, uh, is a huge loser for, of this playoffs. Um, Oh man, don't don't let Bryce Harper hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bryce Harper is just a loser in general, I guess. But <laughs> um, for uh, signing with the Phillies when uh, he could have signed, he could have signed with the White Sox and been in the playoffs this year. Um, right. But uh, but JT Real Muto wanted to get traded away from the Marlins after they they got rid of all their players, and you know because he didn't want to be part of a rebuild and he wanted to be on a winner, and so they traded him to the Phillies, and now the Marlins are in the playoffs, and then the second round of the playoffs, and the Phillies have been home for you know, since, uh, since the last day of the world or the last day of the regular season. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, in reality, I mean, at the time it sounded like a, probably a pretty good deal, but, um, you know, the Phillies have been kind of like the story of f- baseball futility, uh, last couple of years, they hired Joe Girardi and, um, he hasn't done anything. And, um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't get them into the playoffs this year. Uh, you know, maybe it was the bullpen that, that did them in. Um, but uh, JT Real Muto, um, you know, dem- like demanding a trade out, out of uh, Miami and uh, in, in essence traded, got himself traded out of a playoff spot this year. So, um, so he looks like a real loser there. Um, uh, I have a Joe Girardi side, side note, Jack, uh, that I'll go down if you don't have um, – if you, unless you have any thoughts about JT Real Muto, well, you know, do the do the Girardi first, and then we can we can talk. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Jack, are you aware that Joe Girardi sucked <laughs> this year? Just, no, just as a player, I looked at, I was just looking at his numbers the other day, and like, I mean, you know, I guess he was like a you know a defensive first uh, catcher, but like his numbers are are trash, and he he the most games he ever like you know, and I know he's a catcher, so like they don't play every day, but like he most of his years were like hovering right around like 90 like like 80 to 90 games or whatever sure best you know platooning most most seasons and then even like you know so he started 133 games uh or he played in 133 games with the 90 cubs and his line was uh one homer and he hit 270 (laughs) it's like i it's like that's just that's just like catcher futility that i just that makes me like when I think of like Wilson Contreras and, you know, when they were saying he was a bad pitch framer, I'm like, I'd rather have that than a guy, than a catcher who hits one Homer. And I mean, 270 is fine, but one Homer is just like for the whole, for 133 games is just a bummer, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know this is not, not exactly the dead ball era that they were playing in either, you know, in 1990. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, his his numbers, Jeremy, were just uh, they, they were pretty uh, unremarkable. Um, yeah, I, I just I remember him uh, honestly as just as being kind of just a guy. Um, it seemed like he was around for a long time. I mean, he played like fourteen years in the in the league. Um, yeah, mostly as a backup catcher, but as a starter some years. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, um, and, you know, I think he was on some of those Yankees teams. Yeah, he was a three-time World Series champion. So, it mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, it seems like he maybe just got a reputation as, like, being a, a smart, like, backup catcher who played under Joe Torre and, like, had a bunch of success. But, yeah, Jeremy, his numbers, uh, yeah, not good. Not good for sure. Yeah, that's main, That's the main thing. The numbers do not look good on paper. And, you know, I'm sure he brought – like, he was kind of like – I don't know. I think he was, like, the, the leader of the Cubs or the spokesperson for the Cubs, like – the year that Daryl Kyle like died in, in during the season, like he spoke, yeah, uh, you know, and like I think he was like the. It seemed like he was like the face of the franchise, but it's like the you know he was not not anything like special, at least in the offensive category. No, yeah, I, I agree, Jeremy. Um, and yeah, back to uh, uh, back to JT Rail Muto. Um, you know, I, there's this quote from Eastbound and Down uh, that I like from uh, from Stevie, the character Stevie, uh, and he says, you know, he's, he goes, I used to be the coolest kid on the block, and now I'm just a fucking loser, you know? That's, uh, like, that's that's kind of uh, how you feel about JT Real Muto, you know? It's like, here's, here's this guy who was, you know, he was such a hot commodity with the Marlins, um, yeah. you know, and he's still considered to be one of the best catchers in baseball, but like, you know, he, he got traded to the Phillies um, and they just, you know, they haven't done jack squat in the two years that they've had him and Bryce Harper. They haven't made the playoffs. And, you know, they picked up Jake, uh, Jake Arrieta as well. So they're signing uh, all these guys to these uh, big money deals. And, you know, there's talk that, you know, when Chris Bryant go, hits free agency, like the Phillies are going to sign him. Like, I, I mean, I, I think they're, uh, you know, sort of example 1A of how, like, you know, signing these these big time free agents or getting these guys like through trades and whatever, like isn't always the best way to, to go about, uh, to go about building a winning team. Um, yeah. yeah. Bryce Harper for his part was uh, he's been campaigning all season for them to like re-sign JT rail Muto. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I think he, he maybe even like had a shirt or something or they're like, he, you know, or they, you could hear him like yelling from the dugout, like sign this guy after, like Real Muto homered. Um, so it's like, hey, Bryce Harper, you know what, man? Like, you're not the you're not the GM of this team. Like, they gave you, you know, 300 plus million dollars to play. Like, why don't you stop getting thrown out of games and just, like, worry about playing baseball and not worry about, like, you know, and not try to be like LeBron James or something and, like, you know, get, you know, try to try to, like, get the GM to, like, sign guys. It's not your job. Well, I mean, he could he could give back some of that money to help sign Real Muto too, um, because I'm sure that the you know the monetary considerations will will play a factor in this. Um, he could like offset some of that salary maybe, uh, so the Phillies only have to pay like Real Muto like you know nine hundred thousand dollars a year or something. Right, uh, right. That would probably work out. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, and you know, I'm sure Bryce Harper would would definitely be uh, be willing to do that. I'm sure. I'm sure he would. <laughs> receptive to that idea you know for, for sure yeah of course uh, um uh yeah they uh, uh so yeah the phillies um the phillies suck like you said jeremy um you know that might have been partly their bullpen but uh but yeah they were definitely a loser uh and um real muto was a loser but i, I think one of the winners uh uh of the of the first round is the marlins um you know i i, I you know hey i know they were like affected by covid but, uh, you know, they, it, it is kind of neat to like, because they, they didn't really sign anybody at all. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat to, to see them in the playoffs. They, they're seven for seven now in playoff series, like wins. 
in the whole history of their franchise, which is mind-boggling. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can advance even further. Yeah, no, I mean, Jack, like that's the, this also plays into one of my winners too, but I'll, I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I'll follow it up here with a slight spin, but um, it's, it's actually, it sucks that um, the, the, the Marlins played the Cubs because like under any normal circumstances, like this Marlins team is just like, it's mind blowing. Like the fucking uh, uh, like assembly of bums that they have on the team uh, is, is mind blowing. And of course they're, they're doing well. Um, Corey Dickerson, Matt Joyce, Jesus Aguilar, um, uh, Miguel Rojas, like who, who actually has been with the, I think the Marlins his whole career, I think. Um, uh, he was on the Dodgers for a little while, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes, he was. I think he started with the Dodgers and I, somehow he moved over to the Marlins. He's been on the Marlins a long time though. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, and so like these guys, like Lewis Brinson, um, like these guys are just like misfits and like you know they're they're doing well um you know obviously having i think sandy alcantara although i mean alcantara only he missed most of the goddamn season anyway because of covid um but sixto sanchez is is good um you know they they've gotten some good pitching and i guess their bullpen looked pretty good oh john birdie is another one who like um you know i'm pretty sure we made fun of in one of yeah. our episodes we did um, we did make fun of him brad boxberger is on this team oh uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah that pissed me off about game two i'm like if the cubs can't hit i it's like i can get i can get it the cubs don't hit off of Sixto sanchez but they can't hit uh box Bradburger. like you <laughs> know come on like this is your chance to, to to snap out of it i know that they they had they actually threatened against Sixto sanchez a couple times but it's like okay now Boxberger's in the game like do something here and they didn't and like you know it's just like that it was it was it was over at that point for like definitively yeah um, and jeremy i mean uh francisco cervelli is on this this team um you know chad wallach i think he started game one in the playoffs for the marlins like what the fuck is chad wallach doing starting a game at catcher for for any team uh in the majors uh yeah. much in the postseason um and yeah who was it jeremy was it wilson Contreras that got thrown out by matt joyce yes Yes. Who who the who gets thrown out by Matt Joyce? <laughs> like the yeah, guy's like a lifetime DH, uh, and the Marlins have the option of having a DH. Like who who the hell like you got thrown out by Matt Joyce? Like that's just uh, you know that's just getting punked. So uh, yeah, that I thought that was pretty pretty baffling as well. Um, Not the yeah, guy who you want to like, get nailed by for sure. No, no. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, even Sean Rodriguez has played a little bit for the for the Marlins this year. So like, hey, like you know, let let them win the World Series and like let get some of these bums, Logan Forsythe, like get some of these bums a, a World Series ring. Yeah, you know they they should let they should let them win and then disband like then like uh, contract the team. <laughs> that, that would be nice. It's like, all right, listen, you guys made a mockery of baseball by winning this goddamn. Uh, you know, championship. Let's just we'll let you keep the championship, but but you're done. Like this, the franchise is gone. Uh, the stadium will now be used, um, <clears throat> you know, as a uh, COVID testing site. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, the players, you will you will uh, sign a you know you go you can go compete compete in like the um, the eliminated minor league teams that that world that Major League Baseball is going to to contract, and you can just be permanent like independent ball players, but but you can keep your rings and then we'll just all move on in, in our separate ways. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that wouldn't, you know, and who, who even knows what would become of, of Derek Jeter and, and Don Mattingly in that situation. Um, yeah, he can and, buy, you know, I don't know, he can buy, um, uh, I don't know, he can buy a, a franchise like a, a, a Shake Shack franchise or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Don Mattingly can Don Mattingly can manage it, and if if nobody's if nobody's there, and uh, you know somebody complains about their order, Don Mattingly can say, "Who gives a shit? No one's here." You yeah, know? who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I think that that should be the quote of the uh, that should be the quote of the twenty twenty season. Um, you know, who gives a fuck? There's no one here. You know. <laughs> absolutely, lovely. absolutely. Well, I'll dovetail on that point as well, Jack, because my um, my winner here is um, ties into the um, the Marlins, uh, but the winner here is MLB the MLB shop um, because uh, they the the Marlins were flouting these uh, bottom feeders shirts and um, you know and again to go to tie into it it's a it's a it's a cool rallying cry and like if I was a Marlins fan I would love to have that that shirt it just sucked that you know they were doing it against the Cubs but I. And I honestly had not heard that that uh, rallying cry, basically, um, be- just because I have not been paying that much attention to Marlins baseball this year. Um, but it's like, so apparently, I guess, like, a, I want to say it was like a Phillies uh, radio announcer. I don't know if you want to maybe look this up, Jack, while I'm, while I'm pontificating. But, like, um, <clears throat> like someone called them bottom feeders, like, the first weekend of the, se- of the season. And they're like, we can't be losing to these bottom feeders or whatever. And then the, the Marlins, like, used it as, like, a – rallying cry like for the whole season they're like oh yeah right we're bottom feeders all right well we'll show them we'll beat them and it's like well hey hey wait a second the cubs didn't call them bottom feeders so what are you like they're yeah. using this like like as ammo against the cubs like no one here ever called them bottom feeders like i think it's a cool story so like i'm not disrespecting the marlins i mean maybe i did because of covid and, and all that and you know so there's one thing there but like i didn't call them bottom feeders like so like now they're like using like anthony rizzo didn't call them bottom feeders so like they use that against the Cubs when the Cubs had nothing to do with it. But so now, you know, whatever. So now MLB, you know, can sell some shirts or whatever um, because of this bottom feeders thing. And it's like, I'm glad it's working for them, but like it didn't do the Cubs any favors. And so whoever the asshole was uh, who said that uh, and like, you know, gave them bulletin board material. It's like, yeah, thanks a lot. You got the Cubs eliminated from the playoffs now. Thanks. Yeah. It was uh, Jeremy. It was, it was uh, Ricky Batalico who said that. Oh, fuck him. That guy, like, who he's done like like his time in baseball is over like now he's still like uh you know having an effect on the 2020 season by by saying stupid shit thanks (laughs) thanks a lot ricky batalico um well those are those are good shirts jeremy i think i would i would own one um cool they are they are good (laughs) um uh yeah jeremy one thing i wanted to point out um uh loser here is the the twins um yeah when they've lost, uh, I know we talked about the Central Division teams already, Jeremy, but I think it needs to be mentioned that the Twins have lost uh, 18 straight postseason games, Ugh. which yeah. is hard to do. I mean, it's almost yeah. impossible to lose that many games in a regular season, to lose that many games in a row. So for the Twins to do it 18 times uh, in a row in the playoffs uh, is pretty unbelievable. I'd be pretty frustrated if I was a Twins fan. And uh, I didn't look, Jeremy, but I wonder how how far back that goes exactly. It's got to It's got to go back at least maybe to – you know, before the, the 2000s. 
Yeah, I cannot remember exactly how far back it goes, but like, yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. And um, I <clears throat> not for not for once did I think that like it would continue into this season. Like, I kind of forgot about that stat. I remember like last year when the Yankees knocked them off. Like how like it was a big to do, and they had lost like thirteen of those straight to to the Yankees specifically. And you know, it's just I I think it's bad luck there facing the Yankees in in the playoffs to begin with. Um, that might cause you to lose that many in a row. But, like, I I had them beating the Astros, like probably most people did. Um, and uh, they get they, – they lose these two games. And, uh, yeah, that's it's got to be painful. I mean, yeah, it's like um, as a Cubs fan, I'm, I'm hurting right now. But uh, I, it maybe it would be even more painful to be a Twins fan uh, with, all, with all that um, <clears throat> futility. Uh, it's pretty brutal. Um, Jack, I'll, again, I'll, my, one of my losers can dovetail right into this conversation and we can kind of keep the ball rolling, but to my losers, um, my last, uh, set of losers, uh, on my list are fish and the grateful dead. Uh, do you have any reason why that ties into the twins at all, Jack? Um, well, uh, you know, Jeremy, I hear grateful dead. I think, uh, uh Bill Walton, uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I uh, uh, and I, you know, what he actually broadcast a White Sox game. I think it was a year. Oh, or two. that's right. Um, but no, Jeremy, I don't. Why? Why is it? I was watching the the Twins game, um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I want to say it was Vescursion or something calling that game. Uh, and he's like, they interviewed Rocco Baldelli, and then he's like, I think it was Vescursion, and he's like, Hey, Rocco, uh, you know, you know, Twins were celebrating yesterday or whatever, making the playoffs, something like that, and he's like. So you're playing a little fish or a little Grateful Dead in the uh, in the in the locker room, and Rocco was like, "Oh yeah, for sure, you know, little little fish, little Grateful Dead, you know, just you know, just just rocking out or whatever." And it's like, so apparently Rocco Baldelli is a fish, is a fish like a fan of jam bands and like hippie jam bands, and like he he apparently plays the Grateful Dead and fish like for fun, um, and uh, and you know the twins have you know, continue their streak of futility. So it doesn't look too good for, for fish and, and grateful dead that, that the manager of the team who, who has, you know, currently Owen, whatever 18 uh, consecutively um, is a fan of them. So by, by proxy, they're losers in this whole debacle of the twins. Um, but uh, I definitely, I just wanted to kind of point out that the oddity that, that Rocco Baldelli is like a jam band fan and a hippie. Well, I mean, and, and Jeremy, that too. And I know you mentioned that you don't, you know, you're tired of Matt Baskarjan, but uh, like that, that's just another example of Matt Baskarjan trying to like, like force pop culture references into a, into a baseball. And to sound hip too. Yeah. It, it's just another, another example of him trying to sound hip. Like I can just, I can just see like how he said it, you know, Hey, Hey, yeah, you got, you play a little fish. And they're a little, a uh, little Grateful Dead in the lot. You know, he probably he probably said it like that. I wasn't watching yeah. the podcast, but you know, he probably he probably <laughs> said it like that. Where where it's more uh, asking that question. That was more about uh, Matt Baskarjan than it was about like trying to get information from Rocco Baldelli. Uh, that's a great way to put it, Jack. That's totally what it is. Every time he does these things, it's more about saying like, "Hey, I know this thing," than like trying to you know whatever like entertain the audience. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, um, uh, you know, twins, uh, yeah, complete collapse. And I was going to also say, uh, that we didn't really get to talk about this, but, uh, I think one of the highlights of the, the 2020 season for me 
at least was when Josh Donaldson got thrown out of a game after hitting a home run. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the way he did it, like kicking dirt over home plate, like, you know, how, how childish, you know, like, uh, you know, buddy, you, you hit a home run, like you win, man. Like, yeah. So, so there was a bad, you know, a bad call by the umpire or, you know, or what, whatever it was like, just, uh, just settle down. You hit a home run. Um, uh, Jeremy, did he even play? I didn't get to see any of those twins games. No. Injured for the playoff series. Yeah. That was like, you know, breaking news before game one, he was like, you know, inactive for the play for that, uh, playoff round because he was hurt. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, not a great, not a great ending to the, uh, the season for the twins or for, uh, or for Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah, Jeremy. So I think that that does it for my, my winners and losers. Do you have any others? I have one more, um, uh, winner. Um, but, uh, while we're on the subject, Jack, uh, I know that I haven't told this story before. I don't think I ever told you the story, like even like off pod. Um, but, uh, and I'm like, should I burn this story right now? And minute, you know, 90 or minute 68 of, of this, of episode 90 of the rain delay theater, podcast but uh i have a funny story relating to like hippies okay <laughs> um so i went to i went to college at uh uic university of illinois at chicago uh here in here in chicago um and uh you know so it's a commuter school i i lived you know um in the city i drove to school so i i like had like parking in this like big parking lot and like it was like just a big big like empty lot it wasn't like a parking structure it was just a big open lot and uh I was a film student so I would go to school and um you know like we could you know you would edit you would go to the like the film lab and like you would edit uh, or the computer lab and and edit uh video and stuff so like you know there would be times where like I would go in like you know early in the day and like edit like a whole film or whatever and come out and it would be night you know like whatever that's kind of like what you do in, in film school or whatever um, so I was like, I went in on like a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, and it was cool too, because you had 24 hour access to all this, all these like facilities and stuff. And, um, so sometimes you would just go overnight and edit something. Um, so like I went in, um, and I was, uh, editing a film, whatever. And I, I, I got there early on like a Sunday or something. And, uh, I parked and I was the only car there. And, um, I looked and there was like a porta potty in the uh, or maybe multiple porta potties in the parking lot and i was like that's odd why is there a, a random porta potty there and uh i go in i like uh edit for for hours i come out and um i look i'm like i go to the parking lots and they're it's the the lots are filled with cars and vans and fucking hippies and like there's i mean it's jam packed and like people are fucking camping out and like playing hacky sack and they have like fucking like bonfires and shit. And like, they're making like whatever tofu burgers and, and, uh, and like, yeah, throwing like Frisbees back and forth. And I'm like, and my car is like, I parked like, you know, all the way in the parking lot. I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen here? And so like, I walk through all the hippies and I get to my car and I'm like, I have to get out of here. And these hippies are just hanging out, like pre-gaming it basically for this like it was a string cheese incident concert um so it wasn't even like fish or grateful dead it was the the string cheese incident and so like i like have to like back my car out of this parking lot and like there's just hippies in the middle in in like the 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 throughways basically and so like i have to like back out and i'm like going slow so i don't run over anybody and everyone and so as i'm backing and people have to move they're like oh man come on man like what are you doing and like they're like they're like 
being like, oh man, like people have to like pick up like hot grills and stuff so I can drive by them. And like, I'm going like two miles per hour and everyone is just like pissed at me. And I like have my window rolled down. I'm like, sorry, sorry. And I'm like in my mind and in like in my lower voice, I'm like, sorry, hippies, sorry, hippies. <laughs> and like, they're all like looking at me and they all hate, they're all very like unmellow, you know? And yeah. You're like, ang angry at me. And like, it was a very weird incident. And I had to like, it's a very weird string cheese incident. And I had to like get out of there, like at like two miles per hour and, and like part the hippies, like the Red Sea. It was a very weird moment. And, uh, it, I already hated uh, jam bands and hippies, but that that uh, you know stacked the deck even even higher. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. I yeah. I at first I thought you were gonna say, and I was disappointed. I thought you were just gonna say I already hated jam bands, but uh, I, I was I was hoping you were gonna say I already hated hippies, and you did. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So that's uh yeah, that's good, man. What a bunch of yeah, it just sounds like just a bunch of dirty uh, dirty hippies there. So I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> it's <laughs> like. If you're still listening to this podcast 70 minutes in, like, you know, Jeremy and I uh, and Eric Cartman from South Park, just, you know, just not fans of hippies, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the great Santini or something. <laughs> you know, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, oh, you mean being not a fan of hippies? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Robert Duvall. There you go. Sports fans, uh, which is a <laughs> reference to the great Santini. We should uh, watch the great Santini, even though it's not related to sports at all, except for the fact that he calls him sports fan. We should watch the great Santini for one of these off episodes. I would be down for that. You, you've seen the movie, Jeremy? I have. I have. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I would be, uh, I would be, I would be game for that. Um, cool. But did, did this, was this uh, 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 related to your winner or was this just a non sequitur? That story was in, well, I, it's related to my, it was, it's all a non sequitur, Jack, but um, it was related to my losers, which were fish and Grateful Dead. So, right, right. There okay. You go. And did you say you had one more winner? <laughs> I did say that, Jack, but 10 minutes ago before I launched into that story. So I'll just go <laughs> ahead and, uh, and, and share that now. Um, my, my last winner of the first round of the playoffs, this is a longer episode than I thought it would be, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so my last winner is uh, Fringe Announcers, Jack. Oh, okay. There were because there were more games um, in the in the playoffs. Uh, there were more announcing crews, and there were more like oddball announcers out there. So the Cubs series was called by John Shambi and Chipper Jones. Sure. Um, and at first, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna fucking suck!" Like having to listen to Chipper Jones. Um, Chipper Jones actually was pretty good. I actually kind of liked him, and like maybe maybe there's something to be said there for John Shambi, who I do like, who kind of is funny and can be kind of like self-deprecating and, and weird sometimes yeah he's he's good I, I feel like he could carry like sort of like jc he's kind of reminds me of jason benetti a little bit i think those guys are kind of mm -hmm. cut from the same cloth he could he could kind of carry uh carry anybody you know yeah yeah th there was actually <clears throat> a, fun, a moment where uh, chipper jones said something like you know being clutch or something is in your genes or something and john shambi said like oh you mean like acid washed or like uh you know dent like just straight denim or something and and chipper jones goes like no g-e-n-e-s you know and like it was kind of a funny like you know comedic moment that like i don't know how you you know it i mean the, like john shambi got like to like make like uh chipper jones like the straight man to his like you know uh goofball character which was like that's he should win a, a an emmy for that or something or whatever <laughs> um but um but yeah, Chipper Jones ended up sounding cool. I think he was kind of kissing the Cubs' ass a lot and like kind of doing like the Marlins, like giving the Marlins no chance, you know. 
Um, and uh, so maybe maybe he was just like appealing to me or something. Maybe Marlins fans were annoyed by him, but uh, um, I I I ended up liking him actually. Um, and I would I would like be into hearing another um, series called by those two. Um, Rick Sutcliffe was calling the Padres. Uh, yeah, like he was yeah, the color Sut, guy. Sut was calling the the Padres series. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Um, it just Sutcliffe is is kind of funny. He has this weird like. I don't think it's really a drawl. I don't really know. Cause I don't, I, I, I didn't look up where Rick Sutcliffe is from. I don't happen to know, but like, I almost want to say he's like from like the East coast or something like Maryland or something. But um, he has this kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like thick voice or something like this or whatever, like almost like a Jeff Bridgesy type thing. Like where right. Jeff, Jeff Bridges is from California. He's from like Malibu or something, but he has like this Southern accent for some reason. But <laughs> I think he's just played so many characters yeah. from the South that that's just how he talks now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, it was kind of funny because I was I had the that that Cardinals. Um, he's from Missouri, so maybe maybe it's warranted. Um, <clears throat> but I had the Cardinals um, Padres game on, and I was like, you know, doing some work or something, and I was like uh, looking down. I wasn't paying attention, and I heard Rick Sutcliffe go like say something like, and he throws the ball to Pogo Smith, and I'm like, who the hell is Pogo Smith? <laughs> and I'm like. And then I looked up and it was like Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> it's like, and so I thought that was pretty funny. Like um, it definitely, when, when Rick Sutcliffe says Paul Goldschmidt, he says, it sounds like Pogo Smith. So um, I thought that was funny. And like, you know, I think like, you know, if there were less games in the first round, Rick Sutcliffe might not have been uh, an announcer in one of the games and we wouldn't be able to heard that gem. Um, we wouldn't have heard that gem nor like any of the, the Chipper Jones stuff too. So, so the winners in this um, in from that first round were fringe announcers, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. More, uh, more games creates uh, more opportunity. I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what uh, Ron Darling who normally does playoff games, I think he was doing the Brewers series. Was he not? You know, I didn't watch one minute of that series, Jack. So I don't know. Well, there you, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, Jeremy, I guess, you know, I, we, it is getting to be a little bit of a long episode, but, you know, I, I did hint that we were going to talk a little bit about the Brewers diarrhea lineup. Um, I do want to point out, uh, last, but very not least, last loser, um, Ryan Healy. Jeremy, I think yeah. he had seven at-bats all year, no RBIs, uh, batted in the cleanup spot for the Brewers against Clayton Kershaw in that elimination game. So Holy was- shit. I don't know if that was just out of necessity or Craig Council trying to tell David Stearns that he needed some bats next year, but uh, that is uh, that's an abomination. Well, I mean, so bats that aren't going to get hurt too. Like, I actually thought that the Ryan Healy signing might end up being good for the uh, Brewers. Like, I was thinking, like, ah, oh, man, like leave it to the Brewers to like you know lose like Mustakis and uh, whoever else left the team this year. Rondell. Yeah, exactly, and then and then get like you know, Healy and Justin Smoke to, like, end up, like, somehow killing the Cubs. Um, and then I think Healy was just hurt, and Smoke is no longer on the team, if I'm correct. Uh, he's been he, – he gained uh, he gained about, like, 150 pounds and uh, became Dan Vogelbach, um, <laughs> who did, like, uh, you know, kind of come on strong at the end there and maybe even hurt the Cubs in one game. But, uh, but, yeah, like, those two ended up not being a factor. And, like, I actually didn't even know that Ryan Healy was activated or played in any games uh, at all. And – so that's surprising. That's news to me that he hit uh, cleanup or whatever, or third or whatever uh, in that game. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that's, that's not good. 
Yeah, and and one more thing, Jeremy. Um, one more thing, uh, like uh, like Columbo would say. I think I think I've referenced that <laughs> in a recent episode. Um, but uh, uh, the Brewers beat writer, who I think I've criticized on here before, uh, Tom Hondrecourt, um, uh, he he tweeted something out um, when it was it was found out that Corbin Burns and Devin Williams both would not be playing in the uh, Brewers series. He tweeted out. Uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, Brewers just found out that, uh, you know, their two best pitchers aren't going to be pitching in this series. But, hey, nobody said baseball is fair. It's like, you know what? Like, uh, it's not fair to the Dodgers that they have to play this under 500 Brewers team in the playoffs. Like, that's that's not fair. Like, <laughs> get this tweet out of here. Like, you know, be a little <laughs> bit more objective. I mean, does it suck for the Brewers that they lost Corbin Burns and Devin Williams? Yeah, yeah, that totally sucks. But, like, you know, the, the, the beat writer – for the major newspaper in Milwaukee does not need to be like complaining about unfairness for the team. Like I, I just, I cannot stand when beat writers are homers for mm-hmm. team. Um, you know, I think that's just, I think that they should be, you know, let it, let a columnist uh, give, you know, their opinions. Like beat writers should be a little bit more, um, you know, they, they, they should, they should leave that stuff out of it, that homerism out of it. So, um, sure. yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, just my personal opinion on it, but, uh, but yeah, that, that tweet kind of annoyed me, Jeremy. I would, I would say like, you know, you shouldn't be complaining about bad luck when you were a losing team that made the playoffs, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was great luck for them that they even got in. The only reason they got in was because, uh, the giants and the Phillies lost, uh, on the last day of the season, like, you know, other teams, other teams lost games. And that allowed the Brewers to, you know, kind of go ass backwards into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, if anything, that should be lucky. But, you know, uh, the Brewers Brewers are losers heading into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> that way. They're already losers. I You could argue that it was bad luck for Corbin Burns that the Brewers were even fighting for a playoff spot because then he had to, like, pitch that last game and, and he kind of, like, got roughed up a little bit, right? And it kind of blew – he kind of, like, added some points to his ERA. He did. It, yeah, it did. And I mean, he was definitely tracking for a Cy Young. I don't know, you know, God, there's so many guys now in the NL. I don't know who's going to get it, but he was, you know, he was definitely getting himself to the top of that conversation. Um, uh, one thing though, Jeremy, uh, that I noticed because I hadn't really looked at it in a while is what happened to Cato Kalen's Twitter account? Oh, I don't know. We do follow it from the, from the uh, Randley theater account. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing too many of them this year. Yeah, no. If you uh, if you look at his Twitter account, Jeremy, it's real weird. It's it's the same Twitter account, but it's like been taken over by this like twenty one year old who like is from I don't even know a, a different country, and all the tweets now are in a different language, and like it's just inexplicable. I have no I have no clue why this is happening or what happened to Cato Kalin's like amazing Twitter account where he like complains about Wisconsin sports teams. But uh, yeah, his Twitter account has somehow been hijacked. I don't know how it happened, but it's a great <laughs> loss uh, to the Twitter community. Well, authorities, if you've if you've made it to uh, you know uh, minute uh, eighty two of of, <laughs> of episode ninety, um, help. Like Cato Kalin might be like you know in a bunker somewhere, um, in the gulag or something. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, or, so. or staying with uh, you know or staying with another professional athlete who's about to murder somebody or something. You know. Yeah. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, Jeremy, I think we should probably wrap it up at this point. Um, you know, if we're making OJ Simpson jokes, um, if I'm making OJ Simpson, probably, <laughs> probably time to go. You know, Bob, Bob Gibson said about his career, um, he said, uh, you know, in his last game, he gave up that home run to Pete LeCock. He said, if I'm, if I'm giving up home runs to Pete LeCock, it's time to, it's time to quit. 
So um, I think that's an, an appropriate way to end this episode. That sounds fine with me, Jack. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll see. We actually didn't even give any <laughs> outlook about the, <laughs> about the rest of the rounds of the playoffs. Um, but, uh, but you're right. Uh, uh, I, I like the race. I'm cheering for the race. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, uh, I think, yeah, I, I want the Marlins to win. I think it'd be funny. Well, there we go. Let's have an all Florida um, uh, series. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, they, they, Jeremy, they said they're, they're going to have a, have fans at the uh, the World Series, but if it's, if it's played in if it's played in Florida, if it's an all if it's an all Florida World uh, Series, they're not going to have to worry about people going to those games. Well, you know, let's just hope they don't all hop on a plane and fly out to Texas and then come back to Florida and um, God forbid go anywhere else in this country, this great country of ours. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's definitely wrap it up now. Uh, so for Randall A. Theater, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Swakowski. We'll see you later, folks.